0: European Heart Journal Issued a Glance, Volume 43, Issue 29. Focus issue, Valvular Heart Disease by Editor in Chief Professor Filippo Crea, Read to you by Morgan Bryan. Challenges in the management of aortic stenosis, multiple valve disease, culture negative endocarditis, and cardiac surgery during pregnancy. This focus issue on valvular heart disease contains the -the state-of-the-art review article Which patients with aortic stenosis should be referred to surgery rather than transcatheter aortic valve implantation? By Stefan Windecker from the University Hospital in Bern, Switzerland. The authors note that transcatheter aortic valve implantation, or TAVI, has matured into a standard treatment option for patients with severe symptomatic aortic valve stenosis, or AS, across the whole spectrum of risk. The advances in the interventional treatment of AS raise the question of which patients with severe AS should be referred to surgery. The myriad of clinical permutations does not allow the provision of a single uniform treatment strategy. Rather, the advent of TAVI along with Established Surgical Aortic Valve Replacement, or SAVAR, fundamentally enforces the role of the multidisciplinary heart team for decision-making, recommending the best individual choice of the two options based on a thorough review of clinical and anatomical factors, as well as lifetime management considerations. Involvement of the informed patient, expressing treatment preferences, is a key for a shared decision-making process. Herein, the authors provide an in-depth review of evidence informing the decision-making process between TAVI and Savar, and key elements for treatment selection. Special attention is given to the populations that have been excluded from randomized clinical trials and lifetime management strategies of patients with severe AS are also proposed. What follows are two viewpoint articles taking opposing stances on the recommendations given for the treatment of AS in recent guidelines. In the first, entitled The New European Society of Cardiology Stroke European Association for Cardiothoracic Surgery recommendations for transcatheter aortic valve intervention are too restrictive. Olga Thieler and colleagues from the Heart Center Leipzig at Leipzig University in Germany indicate that they believe that the authors of the 2021 ESC-EA-CTS Valvular Guidelines document used a rather conservative interpretation of the current evidence for the decision between SAVR and TAVI, particularly with regards to a new fixed-age criterion for low-risk patients. In the end, the decision between SAVR and TAVI must be based on careful evaluation of clinical, anatomical, and procedural factors by the heart team, along with an informed treatment choice by the patient, even if he or she is younger than 75 years. In an Opposing Viewpoint article entitled The New ESC-EA-CTS Recommendations for Transcatheter Aortic Valve Implantations Go Too Far, Victor Dayan from the Universidad de la República in Montevideo, Paraguay Indicate that evidence extracted from the randomized control trials has confirmed the non inferiority of TAVI to SAVAR in the short and intermediate term over the whole spectrum of surgical risk patients, and therefore should be considered as a complementary treatment strategy to SAVAR. The authors propose that there is no evidence to support that TAVI is superior to SAVAR in any surgical risk score or age stratum, and furthermore, Outcomes such as paravalvular leak, permanent pacemaker, and re-intervention have a higher incidence after TAVI. Therefore, they propose that Savar should be given at least an equal level of recommendation. Individual patient characteristics, local expertise, and consideration of each technique's risks and benefits should guide the final recommendation. It's worth noting that regardless of different views on the recommendations for TAVI versus SAVAR, all three above contributions highlight the importance of a multidisciplinary approach within the heart team to establish the most appropriate managements of these complex patients. This notion is well highlighted in the 2021 ESC-EACTS Stroke guidelines. In a clinical research article entitled, Characteristics, Management, and Outcomes of Patients with Multiple Native Valvular Heart Disease A sub-study of the Euro-Observational Research Programme Valvular Heart Disease II Survey. Christophe Tribuillo and colleagues from the Amiens University Hospital in France assess the characteristics, management, and survival of patients with multiple native valvular heart disease, or VHD. Among the 5,087 patients with greater than or equal to one severe left sided native VHD included in the Euro Observational VHD2 survey, maximum three month recruitment period per centre between January and August 2017 with a six month follow up, 3,571 had a single left sided VHD, or Group A 70.2%, 363 had one severe left-sided VHD with moderate VHD of the other ipsilateral valve, or group B, 7.1%, and 1,153 patients, or 22.7%, had greater than or equal to two severe native VHD, left-sided and/or tricuspid regurgitation; these being group C. Patients with multiple VHD, groups B and C, were more often women had greater congestive heart failure, or CHF, and comorbidity, higher left atrial volumes and pulmonary pressure, and lower ejection fraction than group A patients, or P being less than or equal to 0.01. During the index hospitalization, 36.7% of group A, N equaling 1,312, 26.7% of group B, N equaling 97, and 32.7% of group C, N equaling 377, underwent valvular intervention, P being less than 0.001. Six-month survival was better for group A than group B or C, both P being less than 0.001, even after adjustment for age, sex, body mass index, and Charlson index, hazard ratio, or HR, 1.62 versus group B, and 1.72 versus Group C. Group B and Group C had more heart failure at 6 months than Group A, both P being less than 0.001. Factors associated with mortality in Group C were age, CHF, and comorbidity, or P being less than 0.010. The authors conclude that multiple VHD is common, encountered in nearly 30% of patients with left-sided native VHD, is associated with greater cardiac damage and leads to higher mortality and more heart failure at six months than single VHD, yet with lower rates of surgery. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Catherine Otto and colleagues from the University of Washington in Seattle, Washington, USA. The authors conclude that going forward, randomized control trials, or RCTs, for each type of mixed VHD are unlikely given the various possible combinations, small patient numbers, and numerous comorbid conditions in these patients. Hopefully, registries and large clinical databases will provide useful information or even allow virtual RCTs. Of most concern is the high prevalence of significant tricuspid regurgitation, or TR, in patients with severe left-sided heart disease. Clearly, more severe TR is associated with adverse cardiovascular outcomes. However, we need RCTs to establish whether a reduction in TR severity translates into greater longevity, fewer adverse cardiac events, and improved symptom status. Fatality of ineffective endocarditis, or IE, is high worldwide, and its diagnosis remains a challenge in a clinical research article entitled Outcomes of Culture-Negative versus Culture-Positive Infective Endocarditis The ESC-EORP EuroEndo Registry William Kong and colleagues from the National University Heart Centre Singapore indicate the objective of the present study was to compare the clinical characteristics and outcomes of patients with culture-positive, i.e., or CPIE versus culture negative IE or CNIE. This was an ancillary analysis of the ESC-EORP Euroendo registry. Overall, 3,113 patients who were diagnosed with IE during the study period were included in the present study. Of these, 2,590 or 83.2% had CPIE whereas 523, or 16.8%, had CNIE. As many as 1,488, or 48%, of patients underwent cardiac surgery during the index hospitalization, 1,259, or 49%, with CPIE, and 229, or 44.5%, with CNIE. CNIE was a significant predictor of one year mortality, HR 1.28, whereas surgery was significantly associated with survival, HR 0.49. The one year mortality was significantly higher in CNIE than in CPIE patients in the medical subgroup, but it was not significantly different in the CNIE versus CPIE patients who underwent surgery. The authors conclude that the present analysis of the EuroEndo registry highlights a higher long-term mortality in patients with CNIE compared with patients with CPIE. This difference was present in patients receiving medical therapy alone and not in those who underwent surgery, with surgery being associated with reduced mortality. They conclude that additional efforts are required both to improve the etiological diagnosis of IE and to identify CNIE cases early before progressive disease potentially contraindicates surgery. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Emil Fosbol from the Riggs Hospitalet in Copenhagen, Denmark. Fosbol notes that the study by Kong et al. provides new insights into the important subgroup that is CNIE. We do need to secure proper cultures at an early stage of the disease, and aim to reduce the prevalence of culture-negative infections. By identifying a proper causative organism, we may potentially modify patients' risk and hopefully improve their outcomes. Future studies should examine new methods for proper diagnostics, but also how treatment strategies, medical as well as surgical, should be best implemented in patients with culture-negative endocarditis. Hopefully, we can remove the double negative associated with this subgroup. The respective roles of oral anticoagulation or antiplatelet therapy following TAVI remain debated. In a clinical research article entitled Apixaban versus Standard of Care after transcatheter aortic valve implantation, the ATLANTIS trial, Jean-Philippe Collet and colleagues from the Sorbonne Université in Paris, France Note that Atlantis is an international randomized open label superiority trial comparing a Pixaban with the standard of care. After successful TAVI, 1,500 patients were randomized one to one to receive a Pixaban 5 mg twice daily, 2.5 mg if they had impaired renal function or were receiving concomitant antiplatelet therapy, N equaling 749, or standard of care. N equaling 751. Randomization was stratified by the need for chronic anticoagulation therapy. Standard of care patients received a vitamin K antagonist, or VKA, those being stratum 1, or antiplatelet therapy, those being stratum 2, if there was an indication for anticoagulation or not, respectively. The primary endpoint was the composite of death, myocardial infarction, stroke or transient ischemic attack, systemic embolism, intracardiac or bioprosthesis thrombosis, deep vein thrombosis or pulmonary embolism and life-threatening, disabling or major bleeding over one year follow-up. The primary safety endpoint was major, disabling or life-threatening bleeding. The rate of primary outcome was similar and occurred in 138 or 18.4% and 151 or 20.1% of patients receiving apixaban or standard of care, respectively, HR 0.92, and there was no evidence of interaction between treatment and stratum, P for interaction equaling 0.57. The primary safety endpoint was also similar in both groups, HR 1.02. In stratum 1, N equaling 451, an exploratory analysis showed no difference for all endpoints between a pixaban and a VKA. In stratum 2, N equaling 1,049, the primary outcome and primary safety endpoint did not differ, but obstructive valve thrombosis was lower with a pixaban versus antiplatelet therapy. HR 0.19, 95% confidence interval, 0.08 to 0.46, while a signal of higher non-cardiovascular mortality was observed with apixaban. Colette et al. conclude that after TAVI, apixaban is not superior to the standard of care, irrespective of an indication for oral anticoagulation. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Jurian Tenberg and colleagues from the Sant Antonius Hospital in Nieuwegein in the Netherlands. The authors note that Atlantis, far from representing a mythological lost land, contributes important evidence to the definition of optimal antithrombotic therapy post-TAVI. Based on Atlantis and envisaged TAVI-AF, when oral anticoagulation, or OAC, is clearly indicated, this can now include a direct oral anticoagulation instead of a VKA. Equally, when anticoagulation is not indicated, Atlantis corroborates current recommendations against OAC. Cardiac surgery during pregnancy is challenging. In a meta analysis entitled Timing of Cardiac Surgery During Pregnancy, a Patient Level Meta Analysis, Ice van Steenberger and colleagues from the Radboud University Medical Center in the Netherlands investigate the association between the timing of cardiac surgery during pregnancy and both maternal and fetal outcomes. Studies published up to February 2021 on maternal and or fetal mortality after cardiac surgery during pregnancy that included individual patient data were identified. Maternal and fetal mortality were analyzed per trimester for the total population and stratified for patients who underwent caesarean section prior to cardiac surgery this being the cesarean section group, versus patients who did not, this being the cardiac surgery group. Multivariable logistic regression analysis was performed to evaluate predictors of both maternal and fetal mortality. In total, 179 studies were identified, including 386 patients of which 120 underwent cesarean section prior to cardiac surgery. Maternal mortality was 7.3% and did not differ significantly among trimesters of pregnancy, p equaling 0.292, or between the subgroups, cesarean section, or cardiac surgery, p equaling 0.671. Overall fetal mortality was 26.5% and was lowest when cardiac surgery was performed during the third trimester, 10.3%, p being less than 0.01. Caesarean section prior to surgery was significantly associated with a reduced risk of fetal mortality in a multivariable model, odds ratio 0.19. The authors conclude that maternal mortality after cardiac surgery during pregnancy is not associated with the trimester of pregnancy. Cardiac surgery is associated with high fetal mortality but is significantly lower in women where caesarean section is performed prior to cardiac surgery. When the fetus is viable, caesarean section prior to cardiac surgery is safe. When caesarean section is not feasible, the trimester stage does not seem to influence fetal mortality. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, Significant ethical considerations with cardiac arrest resuscitation by dispatched volunteer rescuers. Aditya Shekha and colleagues from the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts, USA, comment on the recent publication, Volunteer first responders for out-of-hospital cardiac arrest at home. The Missing Link for Improved Survival by Carolina Molter-Hansen and Frederick Folker from the Copenhagen University Hospital in Denmark. Alter Hansen et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that the listeners of this issue of the European Heart Journal will find it of interest.